Episode 20 of Pods in the key of Springfield. Springfield. The movie. Yes, this was viewing two of the Simpsons movie, which we have committed to watching after every season, unless these episodes end up being incredibly unpopular, in which case maybe we'll revise that plan. But this time we went in with some different (laughs) objectives. Um, Yes, I went in with the objective of making it through to the end of the movie. (laughs) And you know what? I gave you a goal. <laughs> you know what? I nearly failed. Yeah. <laughs> you got up and walked off at one point with such fury in your eyes. <laughs> you looked so upset during this movie. I had quite a few times. Um, I had quite a few times where I was groaning out loud uh, at how much pain this movie was causing me. And uh, to be honest, I don't even remember the point that made me get up and storm off to the kitchen <laughs> for another glass of refuge. Um, but I was desperate. Of water, as most people refer to that liquid. Oh, yeah, but uh, for me, it was also a chance to just get away from the movie for 30 <laughs> seconds. And then I got to my kitchen and I remember I could still see the TV from it and I was still stuck in this horrible, horrible movie. So I spent most of this movie looking out for the nefarious actions of Dr. Colossus. Oh, Dr. Colossus. Yep. I was on I was on peak norm watch. Um, not that many scenes <laughs> that I could exercise my norm watch privileges, but I was on norm watch. I had a few Norman thoughts. A few Norman thoughts. A few Norman thoughts. <laughs> Excellent. And we also, um, we're going to be talking a lot of theory in this one. A lot of, uh, you know, totally legit theories on the things that yes. we know for sure are happening in the universe of The Simpsons. I'm now really self-conscious because I just adjust, I just scratched my head and adjusted my hair and then you stared at my hair and I was like, <laughs> what have I done to my hair for this strictly audio medium? Somebody turned on the DVD. We got an ad for Channel 10 and yeah. telling us to watch The Simpsons on Channel 10, which reminded us that we have not discussed at all on this podcast the fact that channel 10 in australia no longer has the rights to the simpsons and the simpsons is now very difficult to find on the air in yeah, australia it is difficult to find on the air in australia yeah which is interesting i think um al Jean tweeted at us directly at us because we are famous simpsons fans now famous i mean we tweeted him first so it was really not a big deal but he, uh, he replied yeah it's they are looking for a new host for the moment the only way to really access the simpsons at the moment is actually to listen to our podcast i i believe that is correct yeah that um freaking noise in your house is there a ghost or a ghoul of some kind I think it's fine. There's a creaky noise. It's okay. Oh, I may have left the garage door slightly ajar. I would not worry about it. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's just a ghoul. There's a ghoul uh, haunting us. There was a ghoul in the movie. We'll get into it. Uh, so, was there a ghoul in the movie? <laughs> I got some thoughts. Man, all right. So, Channel 10, uh, the show is no longer available. So, we're assuming most of the people listening, assuming this is unresolved by the time we put this episode up are here because it is the only way now to gain access to the simpsons absolutely yep no other uh you certainly cannot as far as we know download the show anywhere nope. uh, dvds have been uh, outlawed it's this is the only way so let's talk about the movie it's and- almost like 
a dome has been placed over the TV show of The Simpsons. And we are now the only remaining way into the dome or out of the dome. Would you say that it is like the Stephen King novel Under the Dome? I would not say that. Would you say it is like the TV adaptation of the Stephen King novel Under the Dome? No. Okay, good. Uh, Nick? I might say it was like Stephen King's It. I I haven't seen that. Stephen King is it, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, he's a great in, author. I love as him. in, he's the one that has to chase the other authors to make them it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. in the great author game of tag. Yeah, Stephen absolutely. King is it. That's the first line of don't, my uh, my Entertainment Weekly interview <laughs> with Stephen King. Don't pander to our American audience. It's Chasey, <laughs> not Tag. Nick. Yes. Hello. Would you say that the Simpsons movie is a film primarily about violence? Um, yeah, actually, that's a pretty good summary. Yeah, a very tedious exploration of violence. It is a phenomenally violent film. They maybe should have named it a History of Violence Part Two. Is what I would say. Is that a reference to something? Have you not seen a History of Violence? No. The last film ever released on VHS. What? Re- yeah. What? David Cronenberg's. Uh, History of Violence was the last, well, major Hollywood film to ever be released on VHS. Was it released, like, last week? No, it was released, like, a decade ago. Right. I did not know that... Actually, you know what? It's got Viggo Mortensen in it, and, uh... What's his face? That other guy, like... Ed Harris? Yeah, Ed Harris. Also, maybe Viggo Mortar and Pesselson. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um... What? Uh, I don't know. You said Vigo Mortensen, and I was just like, how can I turn that into a... a how, can, how can I take that ordinary name and make you it just weird? just listed a series of ingredients. Um, and, and utensils. Um, mm. uh, so, it, my first note, uh, it, this movie starts with an itchy and scratchy, mm. and we see the little mouse, uh, who I believe is itchy, but I'm almost certainly going to be wrong on that. Uh, the little mouse... Itchy, in, yeah. In he's the, a jerk. He's, in, yeah. in the White House... Surrounded by cheese. Uh, and I just want to say, for anyone that hasn't heard the episode of American History Podcast, The Dollop, about the Jackson cheese... Shout out to The Dollop. Shout out to The Dollop. I'm Hello. sure listening. Hello, Dave. Hello, Gareth. Uh, go it's listen... Gary, not Gareth. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. Go li- Little Garfy. <laughs> go listen to uh, the Jackson cheese episode, because basically one of the presidents had... Uh, uh, a block of cheese that was so enormous that it lasted for like two and a half years or something. And then come back and listen to all of our past episodes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And all of my pasta episodes, where I, especially the ones that have uh, balsamic vinegar and mortensen and pestle in them, <laughs> in the sauce. Yeah, ravioli revo- revolution. <laughs> What's the name of your... Or was it ravioli Uh No, I'm pretty sure ravioli resolution is the most current album by Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> Green Day, okay. Well, they are... Yeah. Also, in this movie... Yes, they are. And you know what? Remember the first time... Remember back in the halcyon days of the first time we watched the movie? Yep, halcyon and days. we had both forgotten that Green Day were in the movie. Or yep. maybe you hadn't forgotten. But I'd I would, forgotten. I'd I was, truly forgotten. I was fucking astonished. And you know what? Their appearance is no less jarring the second time around. I knew it was coming, and I just find it unbearable that they're in this film. Now, you're a fan of Green Day, aren't you? You're a fairly big fan? Yeah, I mean, not so much recently. I definitely have been a big fan for mm. most of my life. Yeah, the every last... September you ask me to wake you up <sighs> when it ends. Yes. Yeah. And I 
I'm, I'm, and you asked like what was September like and I said I had the time of my life oh, that's pretty good yeah um, I mean you know I used to think that I was in the minority being a Green Day fan turns out I was just being a brat okay and that um, my love for Green Day stretches over 2000 light years yeah. away from here um, other Green Day references as well sure it was a real hail to the thief Radiohead. Yeah, Paranoid yep. Android. Yep. Green moon-shaped pull. Green Dadiohead. Our, our new mashup of, um, <laughs> of of Green Day and Radiohead. Green Dadiohead. Yeah, I don't think I want to riff on that any further. Right. But, but, Green Day. Now, this is the band that pops up at the start. Yes. This is cluing us in on something. Who else is green? Colossus. Dr. Colossus. Fuck. So I had a lot of thoughts about this film. The fact that it is primarily about violence, it seems to be that some sort of force has taken over the town. Something is driving them, something different from what is usually driving the characters in this show. There's something very strange happening in this episode. And I think this episode is possibly set inside the alternate egg flip universe oh my egg flip omelet yep does. the one that you've been talking about how you know time is a flat circle and also the universe is flipped over on itself like an omelet but also yep i think dr colossus might be in control of the world we are seeing in this film right was he also doing sound for the green day gig i think he was in i think he certainly killed green day yes. i think it was part of because green day does die in this film by the way yeah like you know, oh, it's at the very start of the film we see uh, we see Homer and the rest of the Simpsons watching an itchy and scratchy movie, uh, which I guess would be itchy and scratchy two or too fast, too scratchy, or you know, I should have spent more time coming up with a better name there. <laughs> too fast, too yeah. Oh, this is, I um yes, that's a slight tangent, but I always think they should have made a sequel to We Bought a Zoo called uh, Zoo Fast to Zerius. Oh, anyway, that's good. Anyway, uh, at this at the end, Homer watching the movie says, "Why are we paying to see something we could just see on TV? If you ask me, everyone here is a giant sucker, especially you." And he points out at us, the viewer. Mm exceptionally bad joke yes terrible ruinously bad so bad that maybe it's not a joke maybe we are suckers maybe this film is trying to suck us in and trying to normalize very intense violence because colossus is steering the ship maybe i mean to me it feels like a joke that they put in the script before they realized how fucking tedious the movie was going to be (laughs) And it would have played as a joke if it turned out to then be a really good movie. But it's not. So, yeah, you're right. We are suckers. We are very that's, much suckers. This is like the sixth time I've seen this fucking movie oh, as well God. in my life. See, I... So, for that, I, I'm not sure if it's a um, uh, Colossus attempt to normalise us in that message. I think it's just proving to us that we are, in fact... Numpties. Okay, so my theory is that Dr. Colossus is in control of this universe and is uh, guiding not only the characters, but also us as viewers, and your theory is that the movie's bad. Uh, yes, pretty Okay, much. good. Okay, I pretty feel much. like these are both equally valid theories, and we will dig into them at great I, length today. I feel like I need to, at this point, <laughs> apologise <laughs> to you, James. <laughs> to my, me. My co-host, because... 
Uh, as we mentioned in the Eat My Shorts episode that would have gone up last week, I suppose, um, we're, we're using a new microphone for these recordings. We're sitting um, uh, less than a metre apart from each other, staring at each other yeah. on, at my kitchen table. And I feel like I need to point out to you that the movie has put me in such a bad mood <laughs> that I'm actually just staring at you. But I mean you no harm. <laughs> I just don't have the energy to put a smile on my face. You're smiling right now, though. You got a big old grin on your face. Big old grin. Big old grin. So, speaking of big old grins, you asked me a very interesting question during the uh, the the group because I had to break the illusion. But we do talk during the movie. Mm. Um, you asked me a very interesting question during the Green Day concert. Do you remember the question you asked me? Um, I it believe was... I asked you where the glasses were in your kitchen because I was thirsty. <laughs> no, it's to do with my special task of Norm Watch. Okay. You Did are... I I asked you whether you thought maybe Norm had joined Green Day at yes. some point? Yes. And so my understanding is that the members of Green Day are Billy Joe Armstrong, mm. Mike Durnt, and Trey Cool. Which one is Miss Murder? No, that's AFI. Okay. <laughs> and the, it was a character in one of their songs, not a member of the band. Was that song not about Green Day? What? What? No, don't worry about oh. it. Just carry on. Oh, okay. No, sorry. There was a tiny moment there where I was like, hang on. Has there been an emo <laughs> pop music conspiracy that I haven't known about? That would have been amazing if that song was about Green Day. Let me think. Um, hey, Miss Murder, can I? You're in the band Green Day. Take my life, I think is the song lyric. Whoa. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. Okay, so it's it's weird that the song finishes the chorus with "I think" is the song lyric. <laughs> it's very strange. I don't remember that. You must have had the radio edit. Yeah, there's actually a lot of songs that have that lyric in it when I sing them. <laughs> hey, you know what I was thinking today before you came around? My house has started feeling very Schwartzweldarian to me <laughs> because I look at things and just go, "Well, that's there for some reason." You've got like a bar stool in the corner, just yeah, uh... for some reason. I'm pretty, didn't he get, like, a diner table installed in his house? Yeah, didn't his yeah. favourite diner go out of business, so he bought the the booth? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, wait, Norman, Green Day? Oh, yeah, I don't think... Well, at the time of the movie, I don't think Norman was in Green Day, because we only saw the three main members. But since the, this movie, they have brought on a session guitarist in their live touring show. Okay. So, maybe that's Norman. I think his name's Chris, but it might be Norman. <laughs> I feel like we should um we should point out that Norman, in case anyone has not listened to the first episode of this oh, podcast, yeah, is a sure. a guy who pops up very very briefly in the first episode that we are convinced uh, continues to pop up in the background of the show. Yeah, maybe he serves a greater purpose. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's just a fun little guy dancing around in the background. Dude. Hard to say, but we are very adamant that we need to figure out who Norman is and what he's doing. Do any of us serve a greater purpose? I don't know. What are you doing? You're flicking through the. The booklet for this microphone. I'm sorry, I just want this to make... microphone picks up on so much that I feel yeah, like it, it's picking up on this. I just want to make sure that there's nothing I should be doing. Anyway, sorry. Okay, so early scene: the Simpsons go to church, and I've there's a few things here that are cluing us in on please the fact that maybe we're in the egg flip universe. Lay it on me. Also, one thing that I was thinking here is that the Simpsons cannot decide whether it is an atheist show or not mm-hmm. because. Uh, Homer is very clearly positioned as an atheist in, in in this episode. Yes, doesn't believe in God, and yet we know that in the Simpsons universe, God actually does exist. He is a proven entity, and mm. uh, 
he seems to clue them in on a lot of things. There's constant rays of fucking light pointing at things. Yeah, yeah Literal yeah. Deus Ex fucking machinas pop up all the time in The Simpsons. Mm. Anyway, there's a crowd and so, shot. Sorry. And so then Homer's atheism becomes another aspect of his stupidity. Because the evidence is actually being presented right in front of him. Literal, yeah. tangible, incontrovertible. I mean, he actually incontrovertible. meets God in one yeah. episode. And remains an atheist. Well, that's put an interesting bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> There's a pause screen that we encountered in this episode. Because we were looking through the crowd for Norman, of we'll course. Look at the crowd for Norman. As most people do, I think, when they watch The Simpsons. And uh, we notice a lot of weird shit happening in the church. Maybe Channel 10 would still have the rights if every 35 seconds they paused it and put up a message <laughs> yeah. saying, do you see Norman? Yeah. Or in this church scene, look at how weird Millhouse looks right now. This is future Millhouse. This look- is teenage Millhouse. Teenage Millhouse. Um, this is a teenage Millhouse baby. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what was happening. There's a very clearly a, a teen Millhouse in the background of this scene. Teenage Millhouse is such a wonderful concept. <laughs> and then, in the very front row... Teenage Millhouse by Cletus. Instead of Wheatus. Okay, pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> now, um, the very front row of the church, we've got four people sitting. We've got Helen Lovejoy. Helen. Yep. We've got Jasper. Jasper. Old Jasper. Old mate. We've got Dr. Nick Riviera. Hi, everybody. And then we have Jessica Lovejoy. Yes. Why is Jessica Lovejoy so far down that bench? Why are there two people in between Jessica Lovejoy and her mother? Mm. Maybe because we're in the Eggflip universe, and in this universe, these two characters are not related. Oh, that's curious. Yeah. Why else would they let Jasper and Nick Riviera, two people who would not have come together? No. We know that Nick Riviera is Jasper's doctor. But they're not going to be wanting to... Actually, no, he isn't. Hibbert is Jasper's doctor. Yes, you're right. Yes, because Dr. Jasper only had five seconds to live. Uh, Dr. Riviera what did he say? No he said, doctor. I'm next. Yeah, it's... Um, this is crazy. This is uh, this is just a complete breakdown of how society usually operates. Because there are other um, parent-child pairings that are drawn next to each other in the church. Mm. This is the only one we could find that was split up. Whole bunch of bullshit. Whole bunch. Whole bunch O. Half bunch. So, uh, Grandpa freaks out, and then we move on to a series of other violent images. We've got Homer putting the hornet's nest in Flanders' mailbox. And shaking it. Yeah. He just could have put it in and walked he away. He shakes it like a Polaroid picture. <laughs> Fuck. And then he gets the hammer in his eye. Yes. Which, every time I see that scene, that fucking hurts. Yeah. Like, I, it's a, meant to be a funny moment in a cartoon, but I keep thinking about my eyes. Can we say our favourite word? Visceral. It's it is, a very, it visceral is very visceral moment. It's got that squicky noise. Squick. <laughs> it's got a real squick to it. Squack. And uh, they leave Grandpa in the car and wind the window down slightly. Grandpa would have overheated and died. He's wrapped up in a rug. It's very upsetting. It is very upsetting. Um, speaking of on the roof scene where you're talking about the, the hammer in the eye, uh, there is some evidence of egg flip Bart, I think, in that egg scene. Egg flip Bart. So uh, Homer and Bart start being very silly on the roof. Bart climbs an antenna. He gets shaken around. He has no... Shaken like a Polaroid picture, oh, yes. Fuck. <laughs> he has no concern about what, may ha- what what will happen to him if he falls. Yeah. Then he ends up hanging by the uh, hanging on by a couple of fingers on the gutter of the house. Now, 
what happens when he discovers Belle's house and he goes to get the remote control aeroplane off the top of the roof in season two? He's hanging by a gutter and he's very, very concerned and he going to fall and he says, help, help, I'm going to die. He's very concerned about it. This wait, wait, which episode is this? Um, the Oh, I forget the name of it. Um, you know, the one where he goes to work for Belle. Oh, yes, yes, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember. What's He's... the name of the episode? Mrs. Glick? No, not Mrs. Glick. The old... They're not Mrs. Glick. The, the... one that runs the burlesque house. became my morning. Oh, the burlesque house? Yeah, Belle. Oh, but you said season two. That's what confused me. Oh, sorry. Is oh, It's like season seven is, you know, when they put the spring oh. in Springfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't realise that was all the way up in season seven. Um, <laughs> why do I feel like I've watched that episode in the last two weeks? Maybe I have. You've just listened to the song. Yeah, I've just listened to the song at the start of Pods. In the key. Of Springfield. Um, uh, no, yeah, sorry. When he discovers that house and he's going to fall, he's very, very worried. Here, where he's going to fall from an equivalent distance, he's two stories up. Mm. Doesn't care. No consent at all. Egg flip butt. Egg flip butt. Violence is normalized. Falling is no longer a big deal. Pain is acceptable. There's some shit going on in this fucking movie. It's a real stupid... This fucking terrible movie. It's a real stupid movie. Uh, Colin, Colin, Lisa's little love interest, uh, is very clearly Bono. Uh, should we get Bono on the podcast to talk about it? No. Are you sure? Yes. We could talk you two to him. Um, what I think we should do is we should find out how to hack Bono's iPod and then uh, or his iPhone and then just preload all of Pods in the Kia Springfield onto it. See how you like it, Bono. I think Bono would like our show. <laughs> I don't know what Bono likes. <laughs> I don't know what his personal tastes are, apart from stupid bloody purple-coloured sunglasses. I know that he doesn't like Vertigo. No. And, uh, I'd assume he likes going to the zoo. He's somewhat... Maybe watching a zoo roper. He's somewhat perplexed by streets that have no name, which makes mm. me think he's into maps. Yeah. Um... He probably has visited Joshua Tree, if I had to guess. Um, <laughs> Mr. Joshua Tree. <laughs> yeah. Yes, excellent. Joshua T. Tree. T. Tree. T. Tree. I like his oil. That's probably enough on Bono. Uh, Bono. But we see his dick. We've talked about Bud's dick a lot on this podcast, like more than we probably should have. Uh, he does say he's worried that girls will see his doodle. And I think doodle is a very good word for penis. Doodle's a very funny word. Yes, doodle uh, is a fundamentally good word. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, at the end of all, the, um, of all that unnecessary bullshit scene, uh, where he is, for some reason... Uh, handcuffed naked to a light post by the police officers. Yeah, who have shot out the wheel of his skateboard. Again, violence is just a part of how these people operate within this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's then told by Wiggum, well, I'll see you in court. But never goes to court. No. Never. There's no court scene. There's no court scene. Should have been like, you know, this should have been an ongoing thing. He should have been constantly saying, you know, when I go back to town, they're going to try me for my crimes. Yes. Of showing my dick to everyone. Doodle. Yeah, my little fishy doodle. <laughs> fishy? <laughs> fishy doodle. Is that... Is that... <laughs> oh, fishy doodle. Fuck. Fishy doodle went to town riding on a pony. <laughs> fishy doodle went to town. Uh, okay, so... 
The police chain this naked boy to a pole where yep. people gather and laugh at him. Yep. I'm watching this thinking, just like if you strip away what is meant to be the joke here, mm. this is fucking ridiculous. Oh, it's the this worst. Is, yeah, like this is... Uh, I can't really find the funny side of this. This is literally a 10-year-old boy yeah. chained to a pole naked while people laugh at him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I it's... feel like, yeah, there's there's a lot of that sort of thing in this movie where there's just stuff presented as funny yep. that, you know, we view it... Maybe if people view it as funny, it's because they're there to see a comedy movie and they just, like, they're geared up to laugh at things regardless of whether they're actually funny or not. But sure. this is a and, deeply troubling scene. And look... I don't want to get into the business of trying to rewrite jokes from the show because mm. that will get a bit tedious. Sure. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to rewrite that joke. Is this Nick's rewrite corner? Uh, yes. Do we have a sting? Uh, hang on. What are you doing? You're picking up your phone? <laughs> no, no, no. Hang on. So there'll be some seconds that we can cut out here. But okay, it, okay, it'll okay, all make okay, sense. Okay. It'll all make no sense. doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, so this is Nick's rewrite corner. I knew the piano app on my phone would come in handy one day. Fuck me. <laughs> what? You know it's what okay. I, you know what I found on my sting? I was, I thought, I was into it. I thought it was going to be more than two notes. Oh, well, I can, I'm not going to... I can't do a long one. I can't play the piano on a phone. What do you think I have? So I think that maybe a better way around that would have been uh, if they'd handcuffed him, handcuffed him to the pole and then he's like, hey, what? You can't just leave me naked here. And then one of the cops went, oh shit, yeah, you're right. That would have been a stupid thing to do. And like put a rug on him or something. Because then you still get the joke of the police incompetence, but it is not violently horrible. Put a rug on him. I don't know. That'd be the second or... joke in like 15 minutes where somebody gets wrapped up in a rug. Because oh, yeah. Grandpa Simpson gets wrapped up in a rug. Yeah. You just got rugs on the brain today. Rugs on the You're brain. a regular rug rat. If I knew how to play the rug rats theme, I'd get out my piano app again. I feel like that's a hard one to even replicate. There's like doobop noises in there. and Yeah. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be a nightmare. So Homer uh, adopts a fucking pig and he wants to have sex with the pig and that's the whole thing. He really does. It's just... Ugh, Having it. seen this movie many times now, I don't fully understand what is going on with that pig beyond the fact that the pig was very marketable. Very marketable pig. They sold toys. They put him on every poster. Yeah. Marketability seems to be the only reason... Spider Pig pops up. He was in every trailer. He's like, look at this pig. This pig's the star of the film. Homer's going to try to fuck the pig. When we were stuck in the pre-roll ads for Channel 10, yeah. um, did you notice that there was one point where I threw my head back and said, oh, for fuck's sake, Spider Pig. I'd forgotten all about I it. I did notice that, yes. Um, it now, Spider Pig does vanish from the film at a certain point and is never even alluded to again. Yeah. Yeah. Do they, there's a lot of stuff that they set up in this film and then just abandon completely. I think he pops up in the show again seasons later. Really? I think so. I don't know. I haven't seen that much modern Simpsons. Mm. I'm looking what if Simpsons to... modern? Um, Spider Pig. Well, see, maybe it, appear again in Australia. 
we wouldn't know about what would happen if Simpsons were modern because um, uh, we have no way of legally viewing season 29. Well, the good news, of course, is that eventually we'll get up to those episodes and then the people of Australia will know what happened in them. Do you mean in this podcast called Pods in the Key of Springfield we'll get up to those episodes? I do mean Pods in the Key of Springfield, a podcast that, in my opinion, people should subscribe to and give five-star reviews to on iTunes. I've listened to every episode of that show. Mm. I fucking love it. I think it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't like it when they do the weird whispery bits. I mean, to me, that's fine, but when they get meta, that's what really pisses me off. Yes. Okay, uh... What else happens in this fucking movie? There was a bit where they show um, they show Homer and his son Bart. But Homer's got this son Bart in the TV show The Simpsons, and he carries sure. over into the movie, and they go fishing. And uh, Homer catches fish by oh, throwing a bug zapper, a bug zapper into the water, and all the fish rise, and he starts biting into the fish, and the fish are electrocuting him. At this point, you threw down your book and screamed. Why are the fish storing electricity? They're not capacitators. They're not. Nick, I'd like to put it to you that you are a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, I got... I mean... I really enjoyed how specific your issue was. <laughs> it wasn't just like, this is a dumb, shitty scene. It's like, this is not realistic. To a fish's ability to store electricity. Yeah, because I just, I mean, when he grabs it out of the water the first time and gets a shock, maybe I'll let them have that one. Because as far as we know, the bug zapper is still in the water. Mind yeah. you, what is the bug zapper plugged into? He did not have an electricity well, generator. He puts it on that on battery. That he's got the thing. Oh, he's got the battery. He there. does, yeah. Okay. I'll give him that. But there, when he bites into the fish for like the second or the third time and it's still shocking him, that's just insane. Yeah. And it made me so angry because as I screamed, fish are not capacitors. It does feel several times throughout this movie like they are working very hard to fill a very short runtime, while yes. at the same time having about 70 different fucking subplots in this film. Like, One of which ooh. being that a little buddy boy wants to be a Flanders. Yes, and there's a very interesting scene where Ned and Bart go up to the top of a, a hill, yep. and Ned points around and says, you can see the four states that border Springfield. Mm. Ohio, yes. Nevada, Maine, and Kentucky. Now, I, being an Australian, what is not an American, had to look that up on a little map. Um, mm. And I've got the four states... And I do not understand why those four states were chosen because as you can see, and look, I encourage listeners to go do this. I found a, there's a website called amcharts.com where you can select states of America and it will keep them highlighted on a map, which is helpful for someone like me. Oh, that's it? cool. There's a, there's a site like that called um, Google. You just type in whatever you want and it just tells you what to look at. Nope, because that <laughs> wouldn't do all four at the same time. Whereas this one allowed me to highlight four at the same time. Now, the bit that gets... What about Bing? Could Bing do it? Chandler Bing from Friends. Yeah. Could I be any more interactive map? Um, two of the states actually adjoin each other. And then the other two states are heaps far apart. It seems yeah. like a weird pairing of four. I wonder if they did that... <laughs> can you have a pairing of four? Um, it, it... You can have a grouping of four. A grouping of four. Seems like an odd grouping of four. I wonder if they did the grouping of four because... 
they were very easy to distill into a single image. It's probably that's probably what it comes down to. But I thought it was odd. Why not have more spread out states? Why are the two adjoining each other when the joke is? Because mm. the joke is meant to be here are four states that are clearly not adjoining each other. Yeah. And two of them are. Yes. It is very odd. I'm still back on your Chandler Bing joke trying to decide if I like it or not. I think ultimately I do. So <laughs> fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad I, I'm glad I went to all the effort of pulling up the screenshot of the map and showing it to you again. No, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's a weird fucking thing. Uh, yes, fundamentally a pretty decent joke. Bad choice of states. Bad choice of states. So Ned in this episode, uh, Bart wants Ned to be his dad. Yes, Ned is the figure who I guess rejects the violence that every other character is uh, desperately grasping at throughout this this sure. entire fucking movie. Yes. And ultimately, right at the end of the movie, to jump forward a little bit just for this one point, Ned's ideology is rejected by Bart, mm. is revealed to be flawed, the mm. fact that his kids don't seem to like him very much. Mm. Ned's uh, pacifist, non-violent approach is subtly indicated to be bad mm. by this movie that um, Colossus is trying to brainwash us with. Oh, yeah, back to yeah. Colossus. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. all comes back to Colossus in ways that you will see... Over the course of this podcast. Great. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. You're well, really burnt out on this movie. Yeah, man. I'm enjoying well, it a great deal. Si- since you've gone back to Colossus, I'll flick back to Norm for a moment. Norm. Remember as they... That old dog. Okay, that's my coffee machine turning <laughs> off. And you can very clearly hear that through the headphones. <laughs> Why does a coffee machine make so much noise turning off? Well, it has to go through a little rinsy thing where it makes sure that, I don't know, it's... <laughs> Can we leave this bit in? <laughs> yeah, we're going to. We established there's some sort of ghoul in your house. Yeah, a, a coffee ghoul. There is ghoul. a presence. A coffee ghoul. We are going to talk about the presence. There's, there's some stuff to get into. Wait, a ghoul in the movie or a ghoul in my house? Look, there's all sorts of things happening. <sighs> is this becoming a ghoul cast? <laughs> it's not a ghoul cast. <laughs> I like the, the look in your eyes as you corrected me there, saying, "Nick, it's not a ghoul cast." Fuck, sorry, <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, so there is one as the as the dome is getting lowered over Springfield. There is one person that gets crushed by the dome. Yes, there because is because they're indecisive about whether or not they go in or out. Could that be Norm? Maybe that's why. Because the other thing mm. to keep in mind um, is that. Because the Simpsons universe exists in a stasis of time, yes. where, you know, Bart is forever 10, etc., mm. um, we don't know at what point this happened. Maybe the uh, very first episode at the school um, play pageant thing happened perhaps only a couple of days before the dome was lowered. It's a strong possibility. And then when Norm gets crushed by the edge of the lowering dome, that's why we never see Norm again. So you're saying that this movie might occur much earlier in the timeline than we have accounted for? Yeah, I it, it's possible because mm. I mean, you know, there are certain we never there's elements. like there's a few markers of The Simpsons progressing. I feel like we don't see most of them in this film. We don't see, for instance, Apu's children. Oh no, th- they they are in a crowd scene. Are I, they? I did see them in a crowd scene when Homer's coming back triumphantly with the motorbike. Okay. It's not a possibility those are just uh, different children. Oh, maybe. I mean, this is the Egg Flip universe, I'm pretty sure, Ooh. so there's all sorts of oh, things yeah. that could be happening. How does Norm factor into the Egg Flip? Speaking of chronology... 
I was. I've started rewatching uh, the first uh, series of Jamie Oliver's TV show. Oh my god! <laughs> All and, right. And in the last episode, it's a Christmas special, and he goes back to his house, and he gets the scooter out of the shed, and he gets given a basketball ring. And those two things are critical in the second series. You see him riding a scooter in every episode and normally shooting a basketball hoop at the bottom of his stairs. I didn't realise that they, they had that continuation from season one to season two. Alright. <laughs> I wasn't expecting Jamie Oliver to come up, but uh, sure. I'm glad that we all learned something about, uh, about him today yeah. here on this, uh, this podcast. This ghoul, should, ghoul yes. cast. Yes. <laughs> this ghoul cast about The Simpsons. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, God. Uh, so there's a whole pollution subplot as well. Oh, yeah. Lisa wants the town to be less polluted, but then it becomes too polluted. Uh, there's a scene that I really like of Lenny and Carl putting a giant cork in a tap leading out of the power plant. Yeah, that's good. And it's very nice and cartoony. Yeah. And I feel like maybe the movie would have been better if it had committed to that silly sort of cartoony tone more than it does. I feel like this movie is so all over the place tonally. It is all over the place. It just like there's scenes in each kind of tone that I kind of like, but it never fucking commits. Mm. It's very strange. It never lands. Uh, Homer runs over Mole Man in one scene. Mole Man's dead now. Mole Man's dead now. Again, just violence is normalized completely. Uh... A raccoon attacks a squirrel. Is that a thing that usually happens? A, rac- a raccoon's I don't vicious know creatures? The, I don't know what the hierarchy of raccoons and squirrels is. But when he sees the squirrel with multiple eyes, picks up a stick and immediately jabs the squirrel in five of those eyes. Yeah. Very brutal. Very upsetting. Very fucking weird. This is a weird... It's not good. Weird movie. Too violent. Don't like it. Eventually, we meet uh, President Schwarzenegger. We talked about him a lot in the first episode, but I think we need to touch on him again. Because he now fits perfectly into the egg flip universe. Absolutely. Because, as we mentioned before, it is the the symptom, symptom, the symptoms, fuck, um, the Simpsons character, Rainier Wolfcastle, yep. who now is sitting with a nameplate that says President Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not Schwarzenegger. He's Rainier Wolfcastle. But in this egg flip universe... They are different iterations of each other. Yeah, it's very strange. And I don't really remember how well-formed my Egg Flip Universe theory was when we first watched the movie. And I don't know if I picked up on that. But uh, this time it was inescapable. We are seeing more... I mean, this movie is dripping with the molten egg at the centre of the flipped omelette. Yeah, the pan is overflowing. There are too many eggs in the pan. We've cracked it. Yeah, cracked it. You've uh, you've put just a little too much capsicum, or for our American listeners, bell pepper, into the omelette, mm. and it's just flowing out over the edges. Yes. Uh, Schwarzenegger, President Arnold Schwarzenegger, says that he misses Danny DeVito, oh. which I think is a nice little nod to our podcast, <laughs> because we have mentioned several times that we miss Danny DeVito in The Simpsons, and that Danny DeVito is a fucking treasure. We need more of the Veets. Danny DeVito, if you are out there, if you are listening, and I really hope you are, because we are big fans. We're fans of you. We're fans of Mara Wilson, your daughter in that one movie that she was your daughter in. We want both of you to come on the podcast. Um, I would like nothing more than this to become It's Always Sunny in Springfield, the Danny DeVito Simpsons podcast. Sure. So, Mr. DeVito, um, just, um, just between you and me, Mr. DeVito, I am happy to get rid of Nick if that is what it takes. 
I will absolutely cut him from the podcast and it can just be you and me, but don't tell him I said that because I really value my friendship with Nick. You know, even though you're whispering into the microphone, you know that I'm the one with the headphones on to monitor the sound. I literally heard everything you said about cutting me out. Okay, one moment, Danny DeVito. It's me again. I think Nick's on to me. So we're going to have to make this happen faster than I originally expected, okay? I'm sorry, but it's the only way. So um, I'm going to get rid of him tonight, okay? Even though I really value our friendship, hey, and he's been really fuck? good to me. We're birthday brothers. You can't get rid of me. Uh, what was that, Nick? So at one point, Grandpa cocks a shotgun at his own family. Yeah, he's going to kill his family. And that's just after Nelson said, I'm going to be using a red arrow so I can detect who I've killed. Yeah, there's a scene of the entire uh, the entire town turning on the Simpsons and planning to kill them. And i got a few things to say about this. Sure. The town of Springfield is hating the player over the game. They are singling out Homer and the Simpsons family and they are planning to kill them while missing the real enemy here because it is not the Simpsons who put down the dome. It is not the Simpsons who has run the government in a way where people, uh, you know, proper, proper procedures are not being followed within this town to prevent issues like this happening. Mm. It is not Homer who instigates this sort of campaign of terror upon the population of the town. It is, uh, it's Dr. Colossus. We know this. Of course. Yeah. It's, uh, look, if you hate McDonald's, you don't go after the burger flipper who wants the minimum wage and wants it to be a bit higher because they can't afford to feed their family. You go after Ronald McDonald, the king of McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. The founder of McDonald's. Yeah. Ronald himself. Ronald himself. So Dr. Colossus is the Ronald McDonald of the Simpsons movie. I mean, he has this Ross Cargill guy, but we know him to be a patsy, right? I think that's... Patsy. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nick? Yes, man. What is, um... What do you think is the worst joke in this movie? Do you oh. have any thoughts on that? Oh, my God. Because I, I have a worst joke nomination I would like to put forward. Okay. I'm wondering if you have one. You put forward yours. Give me a moment to think. Because you you sprung that on me wonderfully. I sure did. The absolute worst joke. Oh, yes. Okay, I've got it. To me, the worst fucking joke in this movie is Homer seeing his reflection in the dome and thinking that he has escaped and is outside the dome Mm. and turning to run away, telling his family to live a good life. That's the worst thing that has ever happened. Yes, it is. I mean, you know. It is a nightmare of a joke. Obviously, with some of Homer's jokes, they're... it re- they require a bit of suspension of disbelief, right? Yeah. But this is so fucking stupid on yeah. Homer's behalf. This is absurd, and it's not funny. It's not really... No. It's impossible to reach a point where you believe this character has made this stretch. Mm. I I hate this joke with every fiber of my being. It is not good. If I could sacrifice... A few years of my life to scrub this joke from existence. <laughs> Jesus. I would consider it for a moment before rejecting the offer. Oh, okay. yeah. interesting turn. I mean, let's not go nuts here. Um, I also don't like when he's on the wrecking ball swinging between a rock and a bar that's called a hard place. Oh, what do you not like about that joke? It's very clever, don't you see? It's a popular term, a rock and a hard place. Those are like two opposite things, but they're both bad. 
it goes for so long. Did, did Homer ever get to the donuts? The donuts that he polluted the pool to go and get. So the, the pool, the whole the whole reason. <laughs> yeah, that's what you call a body of water, right? A pool. <laughs> the the whole reason that he abandoned the line to dispose of the pig crap silo safely yeah. was because he got a call from Lenny saying that there was they were giving out free donuts because they've just closed down the the lard lad donut place. Mm. And at no point do we see Homer enjoying the donuts. They could after he's polluted the lake. There could have been one scene. The scene where him and Marge are in bed and they're watching, you know, oh, well, now we found out who's responsible for the thing. Hmm. He could have just had a huge pile of donuts next to him. He could have been showering down on some donuts. And it would have really satisfied me. But once again, it's just another thing that they've opened up and they never bothered to go back to cross off. Hmm. I think there's this thing in TV and movies where there's this real satisfaction, uh, satisfaction in watching characters eat food that they really enjoy. And I feel like this movie withholds that joy from us. That's why I like Jamie Oliver so much. Yeah. Well, there was a scene. Uh, there was a scene I was watching in a movie the other day. I should just say I was watching the movie, and there was a scene in it that this recalls. There's the movie "The Killing of a Sacred Deer" by Yorgos Lanthimos. There is a scene where a boy has a plate of spaghetti. Sure. And this movie is largely about withholding things from the audience, and he's sitting there with this plate of spaghetti, just twirling it around on his fork for like three minutes. I'm sitting there in the cinema like, eat this fucking spaghetti. I want to see you eat the spaghetti. It looks like good spaghetti. Please eat the spaghetti. This is a real thing. This is a thing that I think uh, this movie withholds from us. That's very interesting. The scene of Homer eating those donuts would have been very visually satisfying to viewers. And mentally satisfying. Because the thing is, it would have been... For anyone who was paying attention, it would have been, okay, excellent. That is the payoff of the donut. Mm. Or by this time, we're looking at like an E story or an F story or something. Yeah. Um, you know, that would have been the payoff of that. But for anyone that wasn't paying attention, he's just having a donut. Yeah. It works on every level. Um, Eat that fucking spaghetti. Was it actually spaghetti or was it like linguine or fettuccine or something? I think it was actually spaghetti. Yeah, see, I've got no time for spaghetti. I think he actually named it. He said, you know, uh, palm sweaty, uh, something about jumper, mum's spaghetti. It was his mum's spaghetti. Right. Yeah. Good movie. Not as good as The Lobster, though, which was also directed by Yergo Slanthamos and had Colin Farrell in it. Yergo Slanthamos. Yeah, Greek director. Very good. Very talented. Learned a new name today. You did. What was the new name he learned? Yergo Slanthamos. Yeah, pretty good. Balsamic vinegar, Morton Pesselson. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so Tom Hanks pops up in this movie. Thanks. Autumn Shank. Uh, he is the most trustworthy man on earth. That is why they chose him. People love Tom Hanks. And he comes in to normalize the destruction of the city. He's the one they bring in to assure everyone that the disappearance of Springfield is a good thing, actually. Uh, not disappearance of Springfield, it was never there to begin with. Yes. So he is again coming in to normalize an act of incredible violence. David S. Pumpkins himself has come in. Captain Phillips himself is here. Mr. Forrest Gump has come to normalize the violence. Johnny Castaway is here. Johnny Castaway. Yeah. Uh, Alfred Jim Big. Um, um, um. Uh, Tony Philadelphia didn't want to make a joke about Philadelphia. That's a movie about dying from AIDS, but still. See, I didn't know that because I haven't seen the film. I know you didn't. 
I couldn't and think I of... saw you had to make a joke. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's going to be Philadelphia. Oh, I should have left one for him. I should have left Forrest Gump for I the little idiot left boy. Forrest Gump on the table. <laughs> I should have saved him from himself. I mean, my table is covered in Gump, but none of it is from the forest. Little uh, Catch Me If You Kanovich. Is Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie? Yeah, Leonardo I've DiCaprio. I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's uh, Catch Me If You DiCaprio. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I've got some more notes here about some things. There's a whole Twin Peaks thing here. I don't know if I should get into that. But basically, Colossus is Judy. If you've seen Twin Peaks, Colossus is the Judy figure. I haven't. Of uh, of the Simpsons movie. He is uh, Jow Day, the mythological entity from the lodge uh we unleashed colossus by our actions he is essentially the uh the force that entered the world because of the evils that humankind has committed and now his terrible vengeance is being wreaked through this garbage movie so that's that's my twin peaks take okay and i intentionally don't want to say too much because it's very easy to spoil the phenomenal ending to Twin Peaks. I'm wearing a Twin Peaks shirt right now. It says fix your hearts or die. I feel like Twin Peaks has been out long enough that no one can claim spoilers anymore. I was um I was on a PAX panel last week mm-hmm. with a uh, friend of the podcast, Paul Verhoeven, who hosts uh Hey Paul. Who hosts Twenty Eight Plays Later, which is a great little gaming podcast that I genuinely like. I need, I feel like I should clarify that because you know it's good when you genuinely like things. Uh, Paul Verhoeven That is true. Uh, we did a Twin Peaks podcast and we asked at the start, so how many of you in the audience have not watched the new season of Twin Peaks? Two thirds of the hands went up. That and we said, like what the lot. fuck are you doing here then? Why are you yes. here? But um, I actually mentioned the podcast several times in that panel. So maybe now some people who are on it are listening to this. Oh, nice. Very happy to have you here. Hope you enjoyed it. We kept it relatively spoiler free. Yeah. Please watch the new season of Twin Peaks. It's very good and it will give you a deeper understanding of the Simpsons movie. Sure. I mean, maybe it won't, but, you know, it's very good. You should watch it. And then we can go and dissect the ending. Sure. The ending's really something. Sure. Okay, there's a scene in this movie that I think... Is it better than the ending from Six Feet Under? It didn't make me cry as much. I don't know if that's an indication of quality. Mm. Because the ending of Six Feet Under fucks me up. Speaking of scenes that... Fuck me up. Uh, there's a scene in this film that I think is really good. Yep. And very emotionally affecting. Sure. And completely out of step with the rest of the movie. Mm. In a way that I find interesting. The scene where Marge breaks up with Homer. Yes. And she's got the video and she's taped over their wedding video. And she gives this very frank assertion of their marriage and their relationship. Absolutely. And essentially admits that... You know, she's a victim in their relationship and she holds him to a much higher standard than he sort of, or holds him on a higher pedestal than he deserves. Yes. And, you know, she's convinced herself that he's a better person than he actually is. Yes. And she's leaving him for all of these very reasonable reasons. Yes. That scene is fucking well done. Yeah. Julie Kavner performed it when she, she was coming up, she was either coming down from a cold or she had a cold. Yeah. And it's totally in her voice. She sounds unwell, but it also sounds like she's very upset. Mm. And it's a really fucking good scene in the middle of this movie that otherwise has no emotional stakes at all. At all. Um, there is one minor issue I have with that scene. Sure. And it means that we're going to go back to Nick's... 
rewrite corner. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, because there's no explanation of where she gets the camera from to be able to film over the video. Ah, in the fuck first you, place. right? Uh, and but but he, here's my rewrite: <laughs> a camera that is capable of filming onto VHS, On, as onto well. VHS. Yeah, totally. And there's a VCR in the. I guess that kind of makes sense. It was VCR 2007. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and so, but they would have started production before that. I'm happy for the VCR in the cabin, mm. in the cabin, especially because it's yeah, it's Alaska the same year that um, a history of violence would have come out on VHS. <laughs> it still makes sense that it was sure. there. Yeah. So here's, hang on. Oh, I'm glad that came back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so just quickly back to um, Nick's rewrite corner. Yep. Um, that song is really growing on me, by the way. Oh, thanks. Do you want me to do it again? <laughs> Um, no, yeah. I'm good. Uh, oh, fair enough. Um, also, just <laughs> note to edit out of the podcast, on that last one, it was much, much clearer than it was on any of the others because I was holding it too far to the side before. So you may need to do some copying and pasting if it isn't, doesn't I'm come just through leave before, it but... sounding shit. That's fine. I'll leave this in as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So here's my rewrite for that because Homer wins the car by doing the stupid motorcycle oh, ball I completely forgotten about that terrible scene. It's a terrible scene. It is garbage but the the prize for doing that thing in the ball of death was the car mm. it could have been a car and a camera that's all they needed it's literally three more words and yeah. a camera or you know just like oh the guy's been living in here as well look like there's this like all his shit's back here and one of the things back there is a camera oh yeah okay yep yeah even cleaner yep because then that makes a little more sense than two unrelated because that would be super exposition-y I sure. think you could hide a little bit with a joke, which is what the fucking writers were meant to do. Yeah. What was this yeah. movie is so heavy in exposition the whole way through and that that loop scene really bothers me because they need a car and they go to this rigged like you know, what's meant to be a rigged thing at the fair, like an impossible task. Yeah. And then the solution isn't like they find a trick to it or you know, like something that happened earlier in the episode inform or earlier in the movie informs what happens. It's just like Homer needs to complete this impossible task, so he does. Yeah, he that's does. it. He does. That's it. That's it's all. ridiculous. Yeah, because Lisa just tells him accelerate at the top when it's yeah. scariest, and he does that. Not even like a metaphor for the movie. You know, accelerate when you're when you hit the scariest point. That doesn't really apply to the rest of the movie in a way that I find satisfying. I mean, the only thing is, though, at Homer's very lowest point at the end of the movie when the whole town is against him, he does go for the hero option. Yeah, but I it's mean, still very dumb. That's, that's me being super fucking generous. Super generous. To, uh, to this horrible, <laughs> detestable movie. <laughs> Man, that, that breakup scene also... The use of uh, why do birds suddenly appear yep. every time you're near, just like me. They long to uh, fly away. They don't know where their home is. Uh, very. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, that song. The Nelly Furtadentes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that song is so tied into like their relationship yeah. in a way that resonates and works for me. And I... You know, I find the early episodes on their relationship really effective and nice. And, like, yes. it comes back here and very good scene. Very good scene. In a movie that's not very good. And then they go immediately to a crazy, stupid bullshit scene. Yeah. Well, Homie gets taken in by the, the Inuit 
witch doctor, I guess. Yeah. And uh, some trees beat him up. It's very nicely animated. It's got a classic like David Silverman look to it. I don't mind the epiphany scene. Um, and because the Simpsons have a history of uh, um, animated epiphany scenes. I don't think his epiphany is particularly good, but still. No, his epiphany is terrible, but yeah. the way it's animated is quite nice. Um, have you had an epiphany? Have I had an epiphany? Yeah. Uh, my epiphany is I don't like this fucking movie. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, Which I used to think I enjoyed a great deal. Yeah. Boy, howdy, were you wrong. Uh, well, co- I'm out of notes. I got so. some more. I got some more things because we haven't discussed the ending of this movie really. Sure. Uh, Colossus. Is that because in the first episode where we did this, we I, I caused us to tank the episode <laughs> so hard so that I didn't have to think about the movie? It was anymore. like 10 p.m. as well <laughs> recording that one. We yeah, were just fucking true. exhausted. So as we've established, Colossus pulling the strings here. And Colossus is obviously framed as a Bond villain in the few sort of times, or a sort of G.I. Joe, Malibu Stacy enemy figure. Sure. Uh, so Colossus shows his true Bond villain side by informing the entire town through Russ Cargill mm. that the town is going to be destroyed in 15 minutes before doing it. Yeah. He should have pulled uh, Adrian and Watchmen and just fucking gone ahead and done it. I have a question that I've only just thought of. Okay. Do they explain at any point? So, Homer has a... So, we see at least two mobile phones in this, right? We see Homer's mobile phone. Yeah. And we see... What if Homer had mobile phone? If Simpsons modern. Comic book guy recording on a mobile phone in the church when Grandpa's having his breakdown. Yeah. Doesn't anyone in Springfield have relatives in another city? Where they could ring up and say, hey, you know that this has happened, right? You know, I was thinking about that in the movie while watching it. And I thought, I guess they just don't. I guess they just don't. (laughs) Yeah. Surely Homer could contact Herb and say, look, I know that we've had our our rough patches, but I think... Get the DeVeets back. (laughs) Get the DeVeets back. Why is the whole movie not about Danny DeVito? Maybe when President Schwarzenegger says that he misses Danny DeVito, what he actually means is, I've read the script Mm. for what's about to happen. What we need is Danny DeVito to come back in the form of Herb Powell. Yeah, or maybe in this Eggfield universe, Homer and Herb never met. Who can say? Oh, yeah, Eggflip. I keep forgetting we're in the Eggflip verse. Yeah, maybe Herb is just out there being a wealthy industrialist still. More than likely the recession really fucked him up, actually. The global financial crisis. Yeah, which I think actually happened the year this movie came out, so maybe it's, you know... Uh, yeah, late 2007-2008 was the GFC. Yeah, okay. Hey, we're approaching a 10-year anniversary of the, of the global financial crisis. Oh, yippee. Yippee. <laughs> so that's definitely something worth celebrating. I imagine so. So um, Homer comes to the town, and he climbs up onto the dome, and he slides down the rope... Knocking like eight people off and presumably killing them. Because they have climbed a very long way up. This is the start of a tremendous death toll in this final scene. Yes. Mun comes along with a two by four and seems to beat three bullies to death. Yes. He kills uh, Jimbo, Kearney, and Dolph. And and your hair idol Dolph. My style icon Dolph. Yeah. I've recently got a haircut to take some of the length out because (laughs) I was able to recreate a Dolph picture. Yeah. And so I... Yeah, you were Dolphin hard. (laughs) Oh... They saw you, Dolphin. Which, which was the... Uh, which, wasn't that the byline of the Flipper sequel? <laughs> Flipper 2, Dolphin Heart? Yeah. Yeah. And then... um, Fast Times at Dolphin High? 
when they blow up the dome, Wiggum, one of the characters says, it's a miracle, everybody survived, nobody's dead, I'm Wiggum. And then they show Dr. Nick Riviera, who has been impaled by a huge chunk of glass, and what really fucks me up about this, Mm. it's very clear the glass has hit him in the dick. Yeah, it is very much pointed in a way that would suggest that. It is between his legs, you see most of his upper torso, you see his legs either side. This thing has annihilated his dick area and he dies from it. What adjective would you use to describe his obliterated dick? You trying to get me to say decimated? I feel like you're trying to get me to say decimated. What? In, in so far that one in every ten of his dicks has been destroyed. Yeah, that's why you were trying to get me to say decimated, so you could say that. Because <laughs> I'm a smug piece of shit. Um, no, I also think that most of these people in the town would have pretty severe abrasions when the glass... Uh, dome uh, obliterates and turns to fragments that shower down on them. Yeah, like snowflakes. Because some of them glass. Because some of them would have been falling from quite a height too. Because the mm. dome was really big. Yeah, just all have horrible, horrible gashes. And then uh, Maggie kills Russ Cargill. Yeah. But we know that the true evil force, Colossus Jowde, to use the uh, Twin Peaks expression, is not gone. And we know that evil still exists within the town. Over the final credits, we get a scene of Mr. Burns and Smithers sitting Mm. in Mr. Burns' manor. Yes. Mr. Burns says, Smithers, I don't believe in suicide, but if you'd like to try it, it might cheer me up to watch. And that line is really fucked up. That is a really bad line. 13, 11, 14. Yeah. Lifeline. Yeah, it's just, it's not funny. No. It's just a really fucked up thing to say to someone else. Yeah. So we know there's still a dark force in whichever version of the Simpsons universe we're looking at here. All of them. All of them at once? You sure. think the eggs have all met in the middle of the pan? Possibly. You think they've cracked the full packet in? <laughs> to make it to 88 fucking minutes? Cracked the full packet is a phrase that I enjoy. So there are like 15 subplots in this film and maybe two of them get resolved. Yep, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it so much. Yep, looking forward to viewing number three. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> have you got any more notes? Are we done? No, I've reached the end of my five pages. I think I maybe skipped over a few things, but I think that's fine. I feel like we've um we've covered the movie. We have gone over an hour, and that seems like a long time. We're approaching the running time of this fucking Oh my god. This fucking thing. Pods of the Key of Springfield. You can find us on Twitter at Key Springfield. You can find us on Instagram at... Oh, I've started this hot. I don't actually know what Pods our Instagram is. Pods in the Key of Springfield. That's our Instagram. So we have the full tag on, yep. on things. Facebook, Pod- Pods in the Key of Springfield as well. Our email address is Pods in the Key of Springfield at gmail.com. That was it for the second season. Yes. Of Pods. In the Key. Of. Springfield. Yes. So... So, um, I guess if you're listening to this, you should, uh, enjoy your holiday break because that's probably happening. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe go and, uh, go back and rewatch, uh, that Christmas episode where we, Bug gets his dick ripped off by a laser and everything. Like, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Written by Mimi Pond, who was not allowed to the writer's room because they were sexist. Mm. Good episode though. Very good episode. Very good. So, uh, yeah, we'll come back for season three. Quite yep. looking forward to season three. Very much looking forward to season we'll three. We'll get to talk about the Michael Jackson episode next ep- next episode of the podcast. Looking forward to that more than the next run through of the movie at the end of season three. Oh, that's going to be great. <sighs> All right. All right. Well, thanks for sticking with us through this fucking turgid nonsense movie. Uh, 
Uh, always look out for Colossus and maybe, you know, if there's a ghoul in your house like there is in Nyx, a sort of Jow Day slash Colossus figure haunting the halls, you know, watch out for that. Both of us are really severe skeptics. We don't believe in that sort of thing. But, um, yes. Do you have anything else you would like to say, Nick, before we close out this podcast? No, I'm really I'm, bad at ending podcasts. I'm, That's what I've learned over the last... I'm all good. Epi- ...several episodes. I don't know how to end them. I tried to get rid of Woozer Wazzle, but it seems like the best, cleanest way. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, Woozer Wuzzle. Girls might see my doodle. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. It's free. completely different song I don't know how to play the Simpsons song Uh, close enough and that's what happens when a rewrite goes crazy in Nick's (laughs) rewrite corner I've become a ghost alright I'm so done with this movie